Welcome to True Crime Daily. Even though these stories are short, they are very much intended for an adult audience. The stories you'll hear cover some very serious subject matter, and they contain content that will be alarming for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Danvers, Massachusetts, the town formerly known as Salem Village. Yeah, the 1692 witch trial Salem. But in much more recent times, Danvers was Colleen Ritz's home. She was the hard-working, friendly, extremely loved 24-year-old maths teacher at Danvers High School. Her students loved her. She was known for her devotion to the profession, along with putting in whatever effort required to help her students achieve, often staying back late to tutor her students. Her Twitter account is filled with inspirational messages and math quizzes. She was only at the beginning of it all, just two years into her dream job. Teaching was something she'd wanted to do since she was a child. She was inspired by her preschool teacher. Danvers High School sits in an upscale community. Most of the families are upper middle class. It's a large, clean campus. It's equipped with state-of-the-art security systems. Hallways and common spaces are monitored by security. And there's over 140 cameras that keep watch over the school. Now, if you live in Old Salem, you take Halloween pretty seriously. The town and its people had begun preparing for 2013's Halloween. But no one could have imagined what was going to take place just a week before the celebrations. October 22nd, 2013. Many lives would change. Philip Chisholm had recently moved from Tennessee with his mother to Danvers. He was known to excel on the soccer pitch but was a quiet kid with no real friends yet. They lived in the basement apartment of his aunt's house, and he was apparently struggling with his parents' divorce. That Tuesday, the 22nd of October, Colleen did what she often did. She continued to work after school was over. She was tutoring, and she had asked Chisholm to stay back after school. It's believed that she was making an effort to help him settle in a little more to his new school. But during their conversation, Chisholm was apparently triggered by Colleen mentioning Tennessee. This apparently made Chisholm think about his parents' divorce. The next part is hard to hear, so listen to discretion is advised. At around 2.54pm, Colleen left the classroom to go to the bathroom. Basically, her entire last movements were caught on the school security system. As she walked out, she passes someone in the corridor, smiling and waving. Moments after she leaves the room, Chisholm too leaves. He looks up and down the corridor, darts back into the classroom, and reappears in the corridor, now with his hood pulled over his head. He follows Colleen down the corridor and takes out a pair of gloves from his pockets. By the time he reaches the bathroom, he has the gloves on, hood still pulled over his head. Once he enters the bathroom, 11 minutes pass. During that time, Chisholm used a box cutter he had bought with him and slit Colleen's throat 16 times and raped her. At 3.06pm, he's interrupted by another student entering the bathroom. She sees him with his pants down and instantly thinks she's walked in on someone changing and quickly turns and leaves. Chisholm quickly follows her out of the bathroom and heads back down the corridor. Chisholm darts in and out of view of the security cameras and finally reappears with his clothes changed and a black ski mask on. With the ski mask on, he drags a recycled bin through the school and into the bathroom, 
and by 3.22, he's seen exiting the bathroom again with the recycle bin and into the student parking lot. Now, Colleen lived at home with her parents, Tom and Peggy, and while they were used to her staying back late, it was now unusually late, and with no word from Colleen, they began to worry. Tom stopped in at the school, and he found Colleen's car in the car park. Initially, he felt some relief, thinking, maybe she's gone out with some of the other teachers after work. Tom spoke with another teacher to find out if they had seen Colleen. By 9pm that night, word of Chisholm missing had reached the school's principal. She sent out a mass email to the school staff members, alerting them to Chisholm missing. The teacher that Tom spoke with emailed the principal, alerting her that Colleen was also missing and that Chisholm was with Colleen at the end of the day. At around 11.20pm that night, Tom and Peggy officially reported Colleen missing to the police. The police were able to ping her location off her cell phone. The phone's last known location was in the area of a local middle school. Around an hour later, in a nearby town in Topsfield at 12.30am, an officer approached a young man walking on the road, Philip Chisholm. The officer patted him down and found a knife. Not the knife he'd used to murder Colleen, a knife he'd purchased with her credit card. In his backpack, the officers found a blood-stained box cutter, Colleen's credit cards, her driver's license, and her underwear. When asked where the blood came from, Chisholm responded, the girl. Police arrested Chisholm on the spot. Now in the early hours of the 23rd, Colleen's body was found by police. During a search of the school grounds and the surrounding area, her body had been placed in a sexual position and she'd been raped again with a tree branch. Police believe that Colleen was still alive while Chisholm took her out in the recycling bin and raped her again. Found with her body that morning was a note written by Chisholm. I hate you all. At trial, the defense argued that Chisholm wasn't criminally responsible for his acts, claiming he suffered from a psychotic break. A psychiatrist who testified for the defense reported the young man was hearing voices and experiencing a psychotic episode when he murdered his teacher. Get fucked. The prosecutors argued premeditation. Chisholm went to school that day prepared. He had the gloves, he had a mask, and he had the box cutter. After he did what he did, he even used Colleen's credit card to see a movie. Philip Chisholm was 14 when he murdered Colleen. By the time he was sentenced, he was 16, and he was tried as an adult. Dozens of Colleen's friends and families attended the trial, many dressing in her favourite colour pink. Chisholm was sentenced to 25 years for first-degree murder, with two 40-year concurrent sentences for aggravated rape and robbery. He'll be eligible for parole around his 57th birthday. It's my personal opinion that Chisholm was intent on causing premeditated vicious harm that day, and he pathetically tried to hide behind his being triggered by the discussion of his parents' divorce. And now, not that I could believe that anyone could have any doubt, but if you do. While awaiting his trial in 2014, Chisholm committed a horrifyingly similar attack on a female staff member in the youth facility he was being held in. He made sure he wasn't being watched, he followed the woman into the locker room, and he took his shoes off to avoid making noise. He slammed her up against the wall, he choked, punched, and stabbed her with a pencil. She was luckily saved by another staff member who heard the commotion. <laughs> 